Hello and welcome to the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, the fortnightly podcast that talks about self-aware leadership with thinkers from around the globe. If you want to be a better leader and a better work colleague, then join me, your host, Nia Thomas, as we talk to today's Knowing Self, Knowing Others guest. Listeners, I'm delighted to be joined today by Domenico Pinto. And Domenico is joining me from the beautiful island of... Madeira in Portugal. Wonderful. I'm, I'm so jealous. I'm in the UK and it's currently about six degrees outside. So I hope Madeira is far warmer than it is here for me. Domenico is a work futurist and organisational culture transformation and remote work advocate. He also describes himself as founder and chief shifter of the great shift. Now that I'm fascinated by that. Domenico, tell me what a chief shifter is. Well, we work in a very flat organization. We are all fully remote. And the concept of titles and hierarchy is something that as part of our work future, future of work, we're exploring a lot. And we wanted to get away from, from defining people by tasks uh, and by roles, basically. So we're a bit more creative and we don't have a a chief executive officer. We have divided the role up within different people in the organization. And I've taken over what I love to do the most, which is shifting, shifting culture, shifting mindset, shifting the way we work and hopefully inspire people to, to work a little bit differently, to be a bit more innovative. So we thought like, why, why not call it what it is and then call myself the chief shifter. Ah, amazing. And one of the things that you've certainly done a lot of is shift around the world. You are quite a globetrotter. So, Domenica, introduce yourself to the listeners today and tell us about your journey across the globe. First of all, thank you for having me. I've been watching and listening. It's very interesting what you're doing here. So ah, thank you so much. I'm very pleased to, to be part of it. It's been in my DNA. Uh, I look back and my grandfather migrated away from South Italy to France first and then Germany, which is where my parents met and where I was born. So I'm a son of Italians. I was born in Germany. Um, and when people ask me where you're from, I still don't know where I'm from. <laughs> I usually say my passport is Italian. And then I grew up in Germany. I started, I realized I wanted to travel and I wanted to see more and explore other cultures. So I lived in England, lived in Dubai, lived most of my adult life by choice in Australia, in Sydney. And then during COVID, I had the desire to come back to Europe. And I've been shifting around, if you want, <laughs> Europe sometime. Been in Greece, been in Spain, been in Germany where my family still lives. And then I found this beautiful spot uh, in Portugal. So I've been spending most of my time here, as well as some new. Uh, countries that I've uh, met, like Albania. So that really does give you a very interesting perspective on the world of work and work futures. Mm -hmm. So we have got our five questions about self-aware leadership. So we Mm -hmm. will head on into the first one. How do you define self-awareness? It's a really interesting one because when you listen to the question, you realize, wow, like, you know, we use this word almost every day now, um, but how do you define it? So um, if I have to stop and reflect on that for a moment, I would say it's the way our actions and behaviors impact our surroundings. And I've chosen surroundings instead of people because uh, if you really think about it, it's also the environment, which is uh, one of my great passions as well. Um, and it's not only people, it's animals, it's plants, it's vegetation, it's, it's literally everything that Definitely. surrounds us. Very interesting. That's a real, a global view really of, of self-awareness and that environment around you. 
What are your thoughts on the relationship between self-awareness and leader effectiveness? And you're coming at this from a, a perspective of looking at the future of work. So what are your thoughts about self-awareness and how that fits into the future leadership world of work? For me, the relationship is massive. So the more self-aware leaders are, for more for me, the more effective they are. The challenge sometimes is that you can't see it within a minute, but it will take a little bit of time. But I'm not talking about months. I'm, you know, to use the analogy, I'm talking about maybe hours. So it's a bit of a journey, but I, I see it every day. And I, I would argue that the most effective leaders that we have are also some of the most self-aware that we can find there. You know, we're coming through a pandemic in many ways. And you can see if you just looked at some of the politicians, some of the government officials and how they handle it, you can literally see that, that link between self-awareness, empathy, if you want as well highly connected and how effective they were in their efforts uh, during the pandemics. Now, going too much into the decisions they made, but how effective they were in people actually trusting them and following them. Do you think that those with less self-awareness were less effective in establishing that trust so that people did follow them? Yes. To, in, in the most simple way, yes. I look at um, one of the great leaders that I admire, which is Jacinda Ardern in, um, in New Zealand. You know, She oozes self-awareness and empathy. And again, it is a journey, so it's not about getting it right every single time, every single day. But if, you, if I was to pick someone, uh, I would pick her as one of the examples of someone who's quite on a journey. And when you look at how she addressed people, how she talked with people, and how she did things, I was living in Australia at the time. And if I compare some of the states in Australia to New Zealand, uh, I can see definitely how New Zealand was much more effective. Of course, it's more than one factor, but if I had to generalize it, uh, I would pick that out as an example. In terms of your experience of, of traveling the world, uh, and I guess you've seen people within academic institutions, um, mm -hmm. commercial, public sector institutions. What what examples do you have or, or maybe case studies or people that come to mind as mm -hmm. either being self-aware or not being self-aware? How, how do they how do they appear in your thinking? How, how do you recall them? That's a really interesting question. And yeah, you're right. I've been quite fortunate in the, in the way that I've lived in different countries where you have different cultural backgrounds. And I've also worked with different industries, small, big, um, in Germany, in Australia, and I have global clients. So it's still on that journey. There isn't necessarily a difference in terms of how different cultures handle it. It's probably still a perception that we have. I think it's just still almost a new concept. Maybe for us that we've been working in this field for a bit longer, it feels like it's been there forever. But I still notice that this kind of area is still very new for, for most people around us. For me, it's more a question of environment. And by environment, I don't necessarily mean the, the country or the, the location you're based in. It's more the people you surround yourself. That, that's been something that I found very interesting. And then as you go towards sectors and industries where I did find more self-awareness, where I did find also more empathy, it's a bit sometimes blurry eyes because from my experience, self-aware people are almost always also more empathic mm -hmm. towards uh, our surrounding. But I've seen a lot more when it comes to government workers uh don't necessarily mean politicians but people in government organizations when i look at uh, social workers 
uh, when I look at academia, I see a little bit more self-awareness than I see in some of the more tougher, more harder, like investment banking type of industries or finance industries. I've seen it less. That's really interesting. When I did my research, I grouped the respondents or gave them the opportunity to identify themselves in work groups. So that might have been education or social care or planning or transport. And I had the same experience as you in that there were more people who responded within those work groups of education, social care, health, than within the other groups. So maybe because the roles themselves require more empathy and self-awareness, they attract people who are interested in those subjects and therefore they are the ones who replied to me. And maybe you're seeing that in practice. Yes, probably. I always go back to the environment as well. Something I've learned that self-awareness, it's like a, a, a virus, right? It really literally infects people. Yeah, I agree. So you have to start somewhere. But once you start, it's very easy to, and and we often misunderstand something it's, it's difficult or easy and something is just tough work, right? But once it's there, uh, and once we get through the first hurdle, maybe, of people understanding that we are just being self-aware, it really infects people and becomes very, very easy to to get across and to, to multiply. And I feel like in some of those industries we've mentioned, that probably already happened or happened to a, a bigger degree, while in some other industries, it hasn't really kicked in yet. Well, that's interesting. So maybe in another five or 10 years time, maybe we'll be having similar conversations about the industries that currently, but for them, it's still quite new. Exactly. I hope so, at least. <laughs> Absolutely. I certainly hope so, yeah. Do you think effective leaders can be found at all levels and why? Uh, yes. The, the short answer would be yes. The why is more elaborate, but if you go back to the, to the environment, think of someone that is maybe around a very self-aware leader, but might be in a volunteering association, might be in the same community, and might be a lower-ranked employee. If they've been influenced or infected, if you want, they can be equally seen at that level. I have had the pleasure of sometimes uh, coaching at all levels of organizations, some quite large ones. The last implementation did uh, at a bigger scale, we're talking about more than 1,000 employees. And we were conducting trainings in groups of 18, and they were completely mixed across the board. From and We're talking about the utility sector, from people that are outdoors and, and, and work on the field to people that are sitting in the office. And again, all levels of both worlds. And what I found is that it would always amaze me how much self-awareness you had where you least expected it. Mm, okay. And how many people in their private life are on a different journey than they are maybe in an organization. How many people on they are out of their own interests are in this journey. So self-awareness can be found at all levels and effective leaders can be found at all levels. And maybe that leadership, as I was talking earlier about difficult and hard, it's the same with leadership and management or limit leadership and in charge. Mm, yeah, we seem to have done a poor job at differentiating between them. So when I think of effective leadership, I see that every every level of society, not even organizations, can be found anywhere. I just remember a great example. I was in Tirana in September, and we had a conference. It was a digital nomad festival, and one of the speaker came with his daughter. Ironically, throughout the conference, she she shared some insights, and with nine years of age. 
she was an effective leader for my yeah. definition in croatia on the streets she motivated people to clean up the streets so this is not even a person in an organization yet mm -hmm. she might not even knowing her her dad she might never work in an organization but yet you know with nine years of age she's one of those effective leaders that i admire I've met a few podcast guests that have talked about children who were demonstrating those leadership skills when, of course, they've never been taught them. They have maybe they have watched others leading, but mm -hmm. they they have got these skills and they are just putting them to good use within their schools, their homes, their communities. And, and it's and it's quite remarkable. The Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast is sponsored by LCVA Services a multi-award-winning, trailblazing virtual assistant company. Do you struggle to find the time to complete your essential and time-consuming administrative tasks? Is social media taking up too much of your time? In today's competitive, fast-paced world, it can be overwhelming trying to do it all and still have the time to focus on doing the things that you do best. If you need support to take your business to the next level, LCVA Services can help you. LCVA's talented team of virtual assistants can help you with administration and organisation, diary management, finances, inspiring social media posts and event organisation. Book your discovery call with Laura Payne, Director at LCVA Services now at lcvaservices.com. Do you think leaders at the most strategic level of organisations have greater self-awareness than leaders at other levels of organisations? And what experiences have you had that really inform your view? I, I don't on this case. So from all my experience coaching organisations and leaders at all levels, I, I didn't necessarily see that. I didn't see a correlation that people get that are more senior uh, or more... Well, I maybe should roll back here because how do you define strategic level? Because even that, are we talking about the people that are on front and dealing with the customers every day? Are we talking about the people that are just in the C-suite roles? You know, even that definition can be can be questioned, but I didn't necessarily see a correlation between them either way. So if I feel of leaders that work with customers and with people more than anything, I would say, yes, maybe they are more self-aware i wouldn't necessarily see it in terms of rank and, and hierarchy i didn't see much difference there do you find that the leaders that you coach are they coming for coaching because they are already self-aware and they are looking for improvement or do you have people coming because they know that something isn't right and do you have to have difficult conversations about needing to develop self-awareness uh, it's really a mix of them um we usually what happens is we get an organization coming over and someone in the organization realizes that maybe i can help or maybe we can help as an organization and then as we coach them it will go in both ways so you have the people that come to us because they have a certain problems that needs to be fixed and we have the other opposite of people that are already on a journey they are quite advanced and they want to get to the next level. So those people uh, that I'm talking about, they are already self-aware. But then again, we have this mix between things. We have the people that are like, it's not me, it's them, even though we are self-aware. So we are also sometimes have to open the eyes on that. But they are really advanced in, in some elements. And then you have people that are part of the, I'll, I'll make it easier with an example. I may coach a leadership team and you have 10 people in there. So, you know, as always, uh, you have a couple of people that are excited and you have uh, a few people that are on the fence and say like, yeah, maybe we need this, maybe not. Let's see how it goes. And you have a couple of people that are on the fence saying, we don't need this, right? And definitely I don't need it. And then almost all the time, what happens is that someone 
within the journey realizes, oh, you know, this is me. I've been having those behaviors all along and I didn't even realize how my behavior, my actions actually impact the people around me. So they get on a journey. And what's very interesting, if the people get on a journey, they're almost unstoppable. Yeah, right? interesting. Um, the the reformed, if you want, are the people that really changed and shift their mindset. And, and Because what happens and what's the beauty about self-awareness for me is once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Yeah. So once yeah. it starts, you see it everywhere. And that's that's the interesting part of it. Uh, that's fascinating because I didn't think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say that when you start um, picking that um, self-awareness and when you've unpicked that lock and you've opened that door, that actually there are monsters inside and it, it is very difficult. So I'm I'm really interested to hear that you're saying that once people start to to see what's inside, they're unstoppable. That is, that is amazing. Have you ever been in a situation where actually you have had somebody who's had a very difficult challenging emotional reaction to that when they've realized actually it isn't everybody else that i'm a party to this relationship too yeah. so it probably has to do a lot with the way i work and the way we work so for me pointing fingers and having a conversation about you need to change is directly correlating to the opposite behavior it's like no i'm fine and going into defensive so a lot of our training is designed about exploring it and experiencing it uh, in the flow, in the moment. So but usually the approach is to help people to see it themselves and to invite them to be on a journey rather than for us to push them and tell them you're wrong. So when it's done in this way, it's their own decision. They're not fighting the system as they get to the point where you see like, oh, this is me without me having to point it out. And once that happened, then it's very different than um, when people go on that defense mechanism. That's quite an enlightened way of thinking about it, because often we talk about feedback, which is very confrontational. It hits you square between the eyes and you don't really have anywhere to hide. You don't have anywhere to run. But as you say, if you're part of a journey with somebody, so I think that's something to really think about when we're, we're thinking about giving feedback and helping our colleagues or helping our direct reports to explore their self-awareness and develop their self-awareness it's more about coaching them along a journey yes and there are two more elements that are for me directly related one is that us as coaches as as consultants our industry we need to become more self-aware when we're coaching right so that's one element so some of our behavior and actions is the one that probably leads to that defense mechanism and the fact that you know people enter ready to fight because they're getting on the ring and that's how we measure it right there's a problem with you you've done something wrong you're going to speak to this person sure right? okay yeah so already there it's it's quite a steep learning curve on that perspective the other thing is I think we all need to acknowledge, and for me, this is a journey. So it's not putting a, a shelf together where it is one way and that's it. It's it's still relatively new and we don't know half of it ourselves. And we need to acknowledge that people are on a journey and they're on this journey while they're sometimes running businesses, running business units. And one of the many times I see it is how we expect leaders just because they sign up for this journey to be better than anyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Yet they haven't done this before as well. So it's equally new to them. Uh, and some of them have the pressure of running a business. So it's just our human behavior to go 
to what we know and and change needs a bit of time and they won't get it right every time but over time you'll start seeing that we're getting it more right more times and that behavior changes and we as support mechanism around that we need also to be aware that you know it's not we're also on a journey they can they can't just switch it off from one day to the other and become perfect it doesn't work like that What do you think is an effective way to develop self-awareness? That's now a really tricky one. I find as a first step, the daunting thing, but probably the most effective will thing to do is to, to really share this journey. Um, especially if you're a leader and you haven't been self-aware most of your career, you're still going to be judged and everyone is still expecting you to fail. So sharing that, uh, empowering people to give you feedback is one of the first ones to do. In an organization, I always find that it's much more effective for everyone to do a bit of training rather than just one person, because then we are all on a similar journey and people can understand where I am. But then from there, the question for me is always whenever something happens is to go back and look into the mirror and ask yourself, what could I have done to prevent this from happening in the first place? And I feel like that's, that's for me, the way to go at the entry level. And then, of course, from there, there are so many layers that we can have. Uh, but that's probably where I would start. And I find this is probably where you capture the most, uh, the most things and you make the most ground at the beginning. Is there something that you do in your daily practice um, in terms of your professional development and your reflection to maintain your self-awareness or to further develop your self-awareness? All those things you just mentioned are things that I do on a daily basis. When we go a bit more advanced, I also find meditation before big meetings, before big days in the morning and the evenings. That's something that not necessarily for self-awareness, but it keeps us focused and as a result, you know, it keeps us focused on the things that matter and self-awareness is one of them that for me matters. Um, I tend to read a lot and, and follow a lot of different things, uh, podcasts, journals, uh, LinkedIn people that I follow. I keep going back to people that I, I find where I'm more self-aware than others and, and have conversation with them. So I try to surround myself with them. And more so, I try to to open the eyes of people around me that are not self-aware. But after a while, I'm, I'm not scared to, to let them, let them go is a strong word, but to, to, to maybe surround myself more with people that I, I find more to where I want to go in life rather than where, where I was. And if I can't inspire them, I'm not too shy to, to move away from them. That's wonderful. Thank you. Dominica, that was really uh, a really interesting conversation. Um, and I think that's probably what all of us who are talking about self-aware leadership want is that that we want to be in a position where we we don't feel pressured to have those difficult and challenging conversations with people whose self-awareness is nil, but people who have an interest and are, um, uh, are willing for us to help them open that door then we are interested in having the conversation and we, we will help them and support them how, how best we can. And whilst developing our own self-awareness, because of course we all of us have our own blind spots and, and that's exactly. what our daily goal is, that we will reduce the size of that blind spot. Exactly. That's a very nice way to put it. <laughs> it's been lovely having a conversation with you. Thank you so much. We will make sure that there is a link to your website and your LinkedIn in the show notes. Um, mm -hmm. But for now, Domenico Pinto, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. 
thank you for joining me, your host, Nia Thomas, at the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast. After every podcast, I'm going to be doing a top takeaways review of the things that I've learned from my discussions with guests, which you can find on my website, knowingselfknowingothers.co.uk, LinkedIn, TikTok, and the other main social media sites. Rates, reviews, and recommendations from you are the best way to get the word out about the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast. Open your favourite podcast app, find the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, take a listen to some episodes, give it some stars, and write a little review. A little word from you means a big deal to me. Make sure you bookmark the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast on your favourite podcast player and tune in to the next episode in two weeks' time. The Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Good Pods, Podchaser, Amazon Music, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Pocket Casts, 